Welcome to a post-mid-year break, Bones of Advertising. I'm Craig McLeod, and this guy over here, of course, is... I have got my mojo working today. Oh. <laughs> Get your mojo, baby. You're talking... Are we talking like... Um, you know, Felicity Shadwell kind of style, or not that kind of mojo. No, you're mojo, darling. No, in actual fact, we are talking about the very antithesis of uh, of Britain's uh, post-war superpower. We're talking about um, uh, uh, the great Australian advertising agency today. We're going to have a little retrospect today um, uh, of Mojo. Alan Morris and Alan Johnson, I believe, are the two gentlemen that came together and... Let me um, let me just take you down a little bit of history. Just a little, a walk down um, memory lane, my boy, and tell us how these two came to be. Oh well, um, uh, uh, Alan Morris's father, Carl Carl Morris, Carl Morris. Uh, returned from the war. You remember the, the big one, yeah, uh, the big one. So two, two, number two, uh, and got a job as a production manager, I think, at uh, a place called. Um, United Services and Production, I think, USP. Creative uh, name, JD. Yeah, yeah. So they were bought out by <laughs> they were bought out by uh, uh, Needham Harper Needham, which is a big American uh, uh, business, um, and became USP Needham. So the Morrises were already involved in advertising and marketing in the game. They were in the game already. Um, Post war, they were kind of already in, in in the space. In the space. So dad worked. Dad worked as a production manager in a very well regarded advertising agency, and then uh, Alan goes uh, uh, goes troubadouring through um, through Canada, and uh, gets a job as a copywriter. gets a gets a love for the uh, a love for the game. Returns home to Sydney and joins an agency called Hertz Walpole. Yeah, right. I still remember that name. Yeah, yeah. Hertz, Hertz Walpole. It was around for like until 2016 or something. Yeah, like, it, was, it, just, it just sounds good. Like even publicists, we'll get to that later, but I just, yeah. Hertz Walpole, it just sounds like, yeah, they're good. Why? I don't know. Just yeah, yeah. they just sound good. Just yes, indeed. <laughs> and there at Hertz Walpole, he meets a young man, a young buddy Tyro called Alan Johnson. Alan Johnson is an Adelaide boy. Um, you're I don't know part much of the world. about your, your wisp of the woods. Your oh yeah, I spent a bit of time in Adelaide. I uh, I, I can speak proper. Beautiful yeah. wines there. Yeah, they do have beautiful wines oh. and uh, quite possibly the world's worst beer. But um, yeah. well, no, I was a fan of Southwark, but not too many people outside South Australia. It's like it was like the Vegemite of beers. Like you either really loved it or you just bloody hated it. Anyway, rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> That was my fault. Sorry, I led you there. No, that's all right. So um, he moved to, uh, uh, again, moved from Adelaide to, um, uh, let me get this right, he moved to Sydney. Yep. An agency called, very creatively, Marketing and Advertising. Um, Thanks for that, JD, just the name alone. (laughs) What do you do, marketing and advertising? What's your name, marketing and advertising? I guess you're going to rank well, but they didn't have rankings back then. They didn't have rankings back then. Really simple. Just keep it simple, stupid. That's what that was their whole thing. So they, um, uh, he joins the uh, copywriting department writing jingles. Yep. So, um, uh, partial to a jingle, wasn't Al? He was very partial, quite like a little jingle, which. Which turned out to be the great success of uh, 
of, uh, of the business. He then leaves marketing and advertising and joins Hertz Walpole. Yep. And at Hertz Walpole in 1973-74, he joins forces with Alan Morris and they have immediate success. Immediate. Immediate. But they brought, didn't they? They brought a couple of the key clients from where they were who no. were already Are you getting in front of yourself? You're getting in front of yourself? Sorry. You're getting, you're revising, you're a revisionist. And I've told you, I've, re- I've told you, I've warned you over and over again, you can't rewrite history. No. Me backing up. They met, they met at Perth Walpole. Yep. They did a couple of campaigns and then they went and started their own consultancy and took those, took those juicy commercial vehicles with them. Yeah, right. Oh, mm. Lovely. So, yeah, yeah. Classic little bit of, oh, we'll we like what you do. Could you do it for us over there? And and that's what they did. Anyway, uh, I digress. Uh, the first piece of uh, absolute oral magic they came up with was a, for a little-known Australian uh, margarine, a, a vegetable spread <laughs> called Meadow Lee. You ought to be. You ought to be. Congratulated for remembering that. Let's play it. Bloody brilliant. Take a bow, Jenny Lee. That's how a sandwich ought to be. Well spread with Meadow Lee. Congratulations, Jenny Lee. Take the stage, Mrs. Waits. What a lip smack and stack of pancakes. With that Meadow Lee taste. Congratulations, Mrs. Waits. All the things Australians love to eat. Taste better with. Australia's favourite, Medley. Well done, every man. Good cook and makes this country run. From Medley to everyone. You ought to be congratulated. How, like, that brings back memories. For, for, for people at a certain age, you'd have to say, like... And I love the, I love that it's not like it's Australian. It's, it's Australian, but one of the real important points, which I remember you saying to me, JD, when this was brought out, the ads at the time were this almost pompous English male voiceover all the time. Everyone, welcome, yes. welcome. You know, like it's very, very English. Mm. That's kind of everything that we'd had up to this point. Now, all of a sudden, you've got an Aussie kind of iconic voice. And I think one of the one of the gents actually loved doing his own voiceovers as well. Didn't he used to sing some of the tracks? I can't remember. Was it? Yeah. Mark, yeah. Oh no, I think they. I think they both probably. Yeah, but, out of their own so voices. now you've got this Aussie voice cutting through with a killer jingle and yeah. something that sticks in your head. But you also went on to tell me when we we're doing the research on this JD that they didn't get their their dues for this, and the idea was so bloody good because it was a jingle, but. <laughs> It was a ripping jingle, and today still rings true. I mean, so much so that you were saying, you know, yeah, like it's people in the psychology profession yeah, yeah. will reference this tune to see whether the memory of the person they're talking about helps them understand where they are as far as whether they can remember or they can't remember things. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So there's two there's two really key points. Like I think that they didn't get awards. They did not win the awards they were due because they weren't there weren't effectiveness awards back then, and everyone was um, 
falling in love with a new style of advertising, which is coming out of the Campaign Palace, which we'll get to in another at another week. Yeah, but they we were the, the, that story to light yeah, as well. They were the classic kind of advertising idea people. You got to see the idea on the page. And, Ideation you know, process. Yeah. yeah. Whereas um, uh, this idea in Meadow Lee is like Mum's the hero, like. Mums that all of a sudden, mums are like not just making sandwiches. They're like, you're providing, you're doing, you know, you're you're, you're making sure your family's healthy. Like it, it dragged, it it shone a light on the person who would buy the product and say, we reckon you're bloody good, and thank you very much for buying our product. Extraordinary and it's like, for the time, wasn't it? Because yeah. back then. Mum may have been a, a housewife and yeah. probably wasn't the one being thanked for much, probably a bit of a thankless task back then. And what they did is they changed that to a point where they marketed directly to mum, who was the primary purchaser of this product, mm-hmm. and said, you ought to be congratulated. And mum's like, what, me? Yeah, Some, me. Someone's talking direct to me? Yeah. was bloody beautiful. Oh, indeed. And and the, and the... The memory hook, that that psychology piece is, I think, is fantastic. Yeah. Like they're they're so good. They became so good, and you're about to find out exactly how good they became. Yeah. But they became so good at creating memory hooks that today, for people of a certain age, some psychologists will use some of the jingles, yeah. the advertising ideas, put to music. So they weren't just a jingle; they were an advertising idea. Yep, musical advertising idea. People will use. Start singing those jingles, especially as we get into it. Our favourite one with starring Dennis Lilly. Um, as soon as you st- and and if people can remember that, it gives an idea of cognitive decline for yep. psychologists. But we get ahead of ourselves just a little. Bloody um, brilliant, mate! So so good. But what what's um? Where, where do you want to go next? Do you want to go oh, to another one? I want to go to beer. I want to oh. go to beer because <laughs> because they loved they. They started like um, VB. We've, we've spoken about we've spoken about VB before, the Majesty of VB. Yeah. But, but the Tui's ads from Hertz Walpole back in the seventies. This whole I feel like a Tui's or two. Mike Whitney. Like, oh, let's play it. Let's play it here. How do you feel when a nasty ball sees a ninth wicket fall and it's a groan from the hill? How do you feel? How do you feel when your face be dull for the final ball and your blood chills? How do you feel when a cover drive sees a run inside and you run like hell? How do you feel when you beat the ball stretched out on the field? How do you feel? And anyone, and I have to say, anyone who has ever seen Mike Whitney, I love Mike Whitney. I think think he's one of the great characters of Australian cricket. But I can't remember Mike Whitney ever hitting a cover drive off Joel Garner through anywhere. Never (laughs) happened, mate, but who cares? But the point of the ad, 
It was perfect. Brilliant. Oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And they did a whole lot. They did uh, They did Alan Bond. They did, um, uh, I think when Jeff, when Jeff Toobie started at Manly, they started, there was, um, uh, they did a, they did a thing for the Cronulla show. It was very Sydney centric, but yeah, they had, right. and all, it, and it all fears with, how do you feel? How do you feel? I feel like a Tui. And everyone, and a Tui, so not just a Tui's, a Tui's or two. Like, yep. Have another one. <laughs> Don't just have once. Two tip them in, one after the other. I love it. That was a real So they then they leave Hertz Walpole and they start their own advertising um, consultancy. consultancy. Yep. And they they leave and Meadow Lee and Tui's follow them. Yep. So Tui's gives them permission to do um, uh, a Swan Lager campaign, uh, which was uh, which was just a delightful, you know, this Swan's for you, yep, like, yep. and it was still a bloke on a guitar, and it's about overcoming, league. yeah, it's overcoming oh, obstacles. That's so right, yeah. but the, but there was still that great Aussie knockabout humour. Like yeah. you look at that Greg Norman. Let's play the Greg Norman one. Bloody brilliant. <laughs> They said you'd never make it Surfing's more your game And your golf is too erratic You'd better stick to riding waves They said you'd never make it It seems their words were true It must have been heartbreaking When you knew what you could do They said you'd never make it But you finally came through For all of you who made it This one's made for you Made for you This one's made for you You've made it through And this one's made for you So good. The shark. I'm with the... Yeah, yeah. A claret jug after. Just showing everyone. Yeah, see that? That's mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the whole, like, that whole recognition yep. of yeah, with, you choked a couple of times, Greg, didn't you? Didn't give up. <laughs> yeah. Didn't quit. No. Nah. Nah. Number one for longer than most, mate. Longer than everyone but one. Yeah. 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 So I mean, people that forget that when they talk about the shark. They're so quick <laughs> to knock him. But yeah. also more wins on the tour, but maybe not majors, more wins on the tour. Then almost just one as well, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 He, um, well, no, except to, I think there was a there was a guy called Gene Saracen back in the day. But yeah, he, right. he was he was one of the most successful golfers of all time. Yeah. Um, but then rabbit hole. Um <laughs> we love rabbit and, holes. And then they back that up. So they've done they've done twoies, they've done swan. Okay. Then they go to Queensland and they drag out this one. I can feel the forex coming on. I can feel the forex coming on. Got the taste for it. Just can't wait for it. I can feel the forex coming on. I can feel the forex coming on. I can feel the forex coming on. Got the taste for it. Just 
just can't wait for it. I can feel a Borex coming on. I can feel a Borex coming on. I can feel a Borex coming on. Got the taste for it. Just can't wait for it. I can feel a Borex coming on. I can feel a forex coming on, and and this piece, this this became. I can feel a forex coming on. You would hear like they did a whole lot of cricket. Um, uh, they had Alan Border sitting on the beach, yep. and uh, and Jeff Thompson creeping up behind him because he's yep. got the buddy forex in the in the like there's a whole lot of this stuff. But I can still remember. Guys at the cricket, when the when when the the Aussies look like they were winning at the Gabba, someone will start saying, "I can feel a forex coming up," and everyone's just bloody screaming, "Yes!" <laughs> it was bloody brilliant. And you know what? Even today, people of a certain vintage will still sing that. Yeah, yeah. and and it, it's still around today, which is extraordinary to think. <clears throat> and they were known for their jingles, weren't they? Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Perhaps the best jingle they ever wrote. The best one, I think. This is extraordinary. Love this it. is this is just like so Kerry Packer has just launched World Series cricket. Yep. They need to get people a little bit excited by it. And uh Mo and Joe walk in with a guitar and an Aussie accent and and they rip out this piece of majesty. You've been training all the winter. And there's not a team that's fitter, and that's the way it's got to be. Because you're up against the best, you know, this is super test, you know, and you've got to beat the best the world has seen. Lily's pounding down like a machine. Pascal's making divots in the green. Marsh is taking wickets, Oxy's clearing pickets, and the chapel's eyes have got that killer gleam. Mr. Walker's playing havoc with the bats Red path, it's good to see you back Ladies making runs, Dougie's chewing gum And Gilmore's wielding willow like an axe Come on, Ozzy, come on, come on Come on, Ozzy, come on Wow. Come on, let's sing it. Lily's pounding down like a machine. <laughs> Pasco's making divots in the green. Oh, it was just, come on, Aussie, come on. Their finest work, bar none, up to this point. Because oh. I do love the one we're going to talk about after. But how good was this? And what it did for World Series cricket, mate, was extraordinary. And today, again, not only like the Forex, but people still sing this today. People have never seen the ad. Never seen the ad, but still sing it at the cricket. Oh, it's fantastic. Like it has Love become it. a part of Australian culture. It's genius. Yep. It's, it's and, part of our pop culture. It's part of the history, yeah. mate. And if and if any of the if any of the young listeners are out there wanting to wanting to see exactly why blokes of a certain age love cricketers of a certain vintage, just have a look at Dennis Silly's magnificent work coming into the pitch there. Yeah, Ingot as he's coming down, because back then he was buff and it's bouncing this Ingot from yeah. side to side. Oh, was that Tomo? I can't remember. No, 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 that was, uh, that was, um, that that was, was Dennis Silly. And yep. when he, he turned and remained like a gorilla just coming down. Yeah. Bloody brilliant. 
And when he turned and walked back past the umpire, if the if the if the other batsman was standing there, he would just go and <laughs> flick a bit of sweat at the batsman as he walked. What past. about big Maxi Walker as well? Where he used to chase down his balls and bump into the guy. <laughs> Oh, it's a bit of an accident. Sorry about that. Oh, I love it. It was, it was just it was pure, it was pure entertainment. It was brilliant. It was. It was really brilliant. And you're right. It was something that connected an audience to cricket that they've not been able to replicate ever since. And I know it was a genre where they changed from being test cricket to this World Series and it was shorter yeah. and it was nights. And, mate, they'd packed the MCG. They sent them out in these extraordinary colours. Hmm. But the tune that was connected to it as an advertising campaign if you ever want to understand the impact of a cue, yeah, that oh. is something to watch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Brand a brand asset, a brand asset. Montpariel, yeah, yeah, indeed, gold medal material. And then are we go. Where are we going? Are we going to my favourite hoax? We're going. We're going to hoax. We're oh. going to buddy Paul Hogan. So. Paul Hogan was was discovered like he's he's got a television show that's you know a little bit hocker and a little bit knockabout and you know and they they came out with this America, you look like you need a holiday, a fair income holiday in the land of wonder, the land down under. Now there's a few things I've got to warn you about. Firstly, you're going to get wet because the place is surrounded by water. Oh. And you're going to have to learn to say good day. Because every day's a good day in Australia. G'day, Paul. G'day, love. Of course, you'll have to get used to some of the local customs, like getting a suntan in a restaurant, playing football without a helmet, and calling everyone mate. Thanks, mate. She's right, mate. Apart from that, no worries. You'll have the time of your life in Australia. Because we talk the same language. Although you lot do have a funny accent. Oh, before you rush out to book your Aussie holiday, get the Aussie holiday book from your airline or travel agent. Come on, come and say good day. I'll slip an extra shrimp on the barbie for you. America's discovered the wonders down under. Have you? And it's not a, there's no, it's not a music, but there's still, like, still to this day, people in America, when they're talking about Australia, will reference throwing another shrimp on the barbie. Yeah. Like, like that is just, that's, that's got legs. That's got people who, people who don't even re, re, realise that Paul Hogan was in an ad. Yep. People who don't even realise that this was part of an ad campaign. Yeah. It's become such a part of the culture. I'll throw another shrimp on the barbie for you. Like, and it's just that whole, you know, we'll say day. Like, yep. and just everyone just like really simple, simple, simple stuff. It's when you stack glorious. that up as a body of work, although, oh, no, there's one more. you got one more? There is one more, but I don't think uh, given the, uh, the the laws of, uh, of broadcasting, we can't play the song. But I will, <clears throat> I will mention that this was, I was overseas when this ad first came out. And to this day, this ad still brings a tear to my eye, a tear of like just sheer buddy patriotism. I'd love I love the country and I love what this brand means. Qantas. Qantas. Still call Australia home. I love it. And Peter Allen. I mean, just so Aussie, such an Aussie icon as well. And it's still today, the Qantas ads are still using the same song today. Or maybe it's not current right now, but the last campaign I remember seeing was 
them still using it. Yeah, 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 yeah. They started with a whole lot of singers. Like the very first iteration was had Kate Sobrano and Jack Jones from Southern Sons and yeah, a whole right. lot of like, you know, and it was like it was a really, it was a lovely ad. And then they they just shifted it up a gear and got a whole lot of beautiful kiddies who with marvellous voices standing on giant bloody clip tops and, and the top yeah, of the and city. helicopters and, shooting them. Oh, it was beautiful. It was just epic. Just glorious. But it made you feel, it made you understand. Like, so, yeah. so it captured that whole, when they say this is Spirit of Australia, yeah, that's what they captured in that. The essence of Australia is in that song and then they connected that to their brand. Yeah. How much, that, that's what you want. Qantas became Australian. Yeah. And that's all, all of that trickles down to a, a buddy, a bloke from Adelaide and, and, a, and, a, and a guy whose dad came back from the war. Like, yeah. like. Just a just a stunning body of work. Yeah, and like they were at one stage the largest billing advertising agency in Australia. Yeah, like, I think you were saying like what was it like in eighty nine the what hundred eighty million or something? What was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Eighty nine when they were with MDA, so they were they joined with Monaghan, um, Damon, and Adams. That's correct. One hundred eighty million in billings. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, which is like. Back in back in the nineteen eighties, that was serious. That was proper money, like, <laughs> like not something not something that Bill Gates can find down the back of his couch. Like this was this was real money. Yeah, this was real coin back then. And you then were saying as well, they went on to get advertising agency of the year or from from yeah. Adelaide. Was that prior to nineteen eighty eight? Wasn't it? They got um, they got uh, advertising agency of the year and. And they both got kind of lifetime achievement awards from from um, uh, Ad News and Ad Age. Like they got Ad Age, which is not an Australian. That's an international advertising publication. They got Ad Age Agency of the Year. Yeah, right. So all the agencies in the world that people could choose from. Yep. They chose Buddy Mojo from down here, over and above mm-hmm. any other. Like all the all anyone who was doing like proper advertising, like idea-based advertising, show me how good my art direction and my writing is and it's clever and there's an advertising idea. Like this was two blokes and a guitar. Primarily. Primarily. And they they get ad age agency of the year. It's it's stunning. And then they get bought by um uh Try It Day and uh and and what was the delightful euphemism? The culture didn't fit. Yeah, they were Apple at the time as well. So, you know, they were they were very strong connected with with jobs and building out all of those extraordinary campaigns that they came up with as well. So they had a, a head of creative who I can't think of his name right now, but yeah. um he Lee was Clow, um, I think it was yeah. Lee Clow was kind of the king there and and perhaps just didn't quite connect because too many cooks in the kitchen, mate. Sometimes I, makes I really I think it was, Yeah, I don't think it was cooks in the kitchen. I think it was like a there was a cook in the kitchen and these two blokes hanging drinking beer out in the lounge room. It wasn't <laughs> like a car. Like, that's probably. Hey, why don't you do this for Apple? <laughs> bloody brilliant. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so they were they were sold by um, uh, Chiat Day and bought by uh, Footcone Building, FCB. Yep. And then FCB was uh, acquired by Interpublic. So it all of a sudden it becomes not an advertising agency, it becomes an advertising part of an advertising conglomerate. Conglomerate, yeah. And then they get um, they get integrated into Publicis, which is a French uh, mob, 
um, and they become publicist mojo. And then eventually, you know, mojo just drops off the sign and they, you know, and the and and they they return to the dust from whence they were built. Yeah. But but while they were here, they like they they created ads that sold product that were they weren't designed to win awards. They were designed to make people feel good about buying a product, and they understood they understood what what customers needed to hear. They understood that advertisers needed done. They yeah. needed to create campaigns that people remembered when they were ready to buy. Yeah, they yeah. drove sales. Their campaigns were about making people buy their stuff, definitely. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, we will, uh, we, there will be a, uh, there will be, we'll do a little retrospective on the campaign palace and and completely shift, you know. With their the, nemesis. So they were kind of similar time frame, weren't they? But with very, very different focus. So one, as we said, kind of changed the landscape with that, you know, English style VO into this Aussie and iconic Aussie voice with a stack of tunes that went with it. So the music was really big for Mojo, whereas Campaign Palace, very different philosophy, but we'll touch on that another time, my boy. We will. We Is will. Is the end of another edition of The Bones of Advertising? That has brought us uh, to, uh, much like Mojo, to the end of our journey. Yes. What a strong return post mid-year break, mate. Well done. Ah well, no, well done you, well done you. It's been a delight. That was uh, that was a lovely trip down memory lane. We should we should do that again? Don't go changing. I'll see you. Next I, time. I won't. Take care.